Hey, podcast family. Welcome to Strategy Rewind. I'm your host, Miguel LeBron. The biggest question we have to answer is how do goal-oriented people accomplish their breakthrough moment? And that is exactly what Strategy Rewind focuses on. Stick around as we jump into tactics and strategy to help you have a breakthrough moment. My experience in leadership began in the church. I've said this before, I've shared this story before, where my experience in leadership started off in my local church. In fact, my pastor, he was my mentor. He was a father figure and really helped shape the person I am today. But that's where my experience in leadership began. And also my experience in standing in public and speaking to a large number of individuals, well, that also was part of that experience. Now, before the first time I had the chance to stand in front of a crowd before an audience and speak to them, I had to obviously prepare myself with regards to studying, but I also had to visualize. It was one of the tools that were given to me by my mentors who helped me with regards of public speaking. They said, hey, you want to be able to see yourself in that moment, feel that moment. And so from a very early age, I've been doing visualization. Now, as I've gotten older, the way I visualize has matured, but I will admit that there was a moment there where my visualization shifted. And it was no longer about visualizing myself going somewhere or doing something or achieving. It was now an escape from everything that's happening in my life. And I just started daydreaming. Now, although daydreaming and visualizing uses the same tools, uses the same ability, muscles that we possess, they have different function. Visualizing is something that we do on purpose with the idea of seeing ourselves where we want to be. And it is a way to actually prepare our minds and our body for that moment. You, you feel that moment, you visualize it, what the crowd would react to when you speak or when you engage, or if you're going to go to an interview, right, a job interview, you you can visualize that moment. What is it going to be like when you shake their hand, when you say your name? What is it going to be like when they ask you those questions? Because most questions in a job interview are fairly standard. You know, talk to us about your previous employer. Talk to us about X situation or or type of scenario. And so we can easily begin to visualize that moment and how we are going to respond and what that would feel like and what their reaction would be and what the outcome would be. That is visualizing. You're doing it on purpose. However, daydreaming is totally different. Daydreaming is just allowing your mind to wander and thinking of an alternative possibility, an alternative universe, and thinking of if I was somewhere else, or if I was someone else, or if I was doing something else. And oftentimes in that daydreaming, we tap into things that have zero to do with who we are and who we want to be. It's just a what-if fantasy world. And so because of the conflicts, because of the challenges that I faced in my life, there were moments where I would just allow my mind to wander. No longer was I visualizing, but now I was just daydreaming. 
I was using the same muscles. I was using the same parts of the brain, but I was not actually using it in a purposeful manner. And I remember one day that there I was daydreaming and I just felt this deep in my soul, this this idea, this belief of if you're going to invest time in thinking of possibilities, if you're going to invest time in seeing something that you want to happen, invest it in something that you're going to make happen. As opposed to just daydreaming, it would be more focused on purpose and more focused on where it is that I want to go. And so that shifted the way that I began to use that muscle because I had really deviated. That was because of the problems, issues, conflicts, and etc. that life throws our way. It was really just an escape, but I had to return back to base. Now, even recently, something powerful happened on the way that I visualize. And this month of May, we're focusing on mental health. And to me, visualization and mental health are so intertwined. I mean, oftentimes we allow the situations to bog us down. We are so just caught up with emotion on what's happening or what may or may not happen. And we don't even see the possibility of something greater taking place. And so visualizing to me is just a powerful tool. And today's guest is going to even help us open that dialogue so much more. But I'll tell you this, it was as I was listening to the content of today's guest that really, for me, visualizing just opened up a little more. And so without further ado, it is my pleasure to bring to you today to Strategy Rewind, Adrian Moreno. Adrian, thank you for being part of the program. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, sir. For those who aren't familiar with the amazing work you're doing, let them know about yourself. Yeah. So, um, well, let's put it this way. You know how whenever you start business, Uh, Whenever you get into entrepreneurship, you typically challenge ideas that you once had, right? Like your ideas of, I don't think I can do that. When you become an entrepreneur, it's like, oh, I can. And so you climb this mountain and then imagine this visual. You climb the mountain and then you're like, you look down, you're like, oh, I did it. I'm great. I'm amazing. You you feel great about yourself. But then you look up and you see a whole nother mountain there. You're like, oh, shit. (laughs) Then you start doubting yourself even more. Then you have deeper insecurities come up. And I'm sure, you, I'm sure you can imagine, I'm sure you can attest to this. Being in entrepreneurship is probably the fastest way to personally grow yourself, mm-hmm. right? You start having all these things come up. And so what I've seen is what tends to come up is imposter syndrome. Feeling like you're actually not good enough to do something despite already having a track record to say otherwise. You know, second guessing your decisions feeling like you're not fit to be a leader, to lead people or to lead a team. And so what I do is because eventually what these things do, they become mental bottlenecks and they literally stop revenue growth. They stop, um, you know, all kinds of expansion. So as what I do is I go in and I help them remove those things from their minds and their nervous systems so they can just show up and be able to show up a lot better. Like imagine you're trying to... You're trying to like type on your computer, but you're typing an A and then a D pops up. You type a K and then a Q pops up. It's all kinds of jacked up, right? It's the computer, the hardware is not the problem. The software is a problem. So what I do is I go in and I upgrade it so they can get more out of themselves. And I do that utilizing what I like to call the resilient mind method. And um, we specific in what this method was created based off of hip, getting a handful of hypnosis techniques and a handful of NLP techniques 
and just blending them into a prior, you know, into our own process. And um, that's what I do, man. I just help entrepreneurs get where they want to go without going emotionally bankrupt along the way. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. For, you know, for me, one of the early things that I encountered with regards to your amazing content, and we'll talk about your podcast and all your great content in just a bit. But one of the early contents that I really uh, connected and gravitated to was when you were talking about visualization way back way. Um, oh. And that was one of the biggest one that I was like, yes, because oftentimes we don't talk about the power of visualization. So I want to kind of attack this in two ways. Number one, the power of visualization. And number two, the power of visualization as it relates to mental health. Mm, wonderful. So let's talk about the power of visualization, number one, and that is you're always visualizing. So we're visual creatures, point blank, period. If I told you that you can close your eyes and picture a event happening and open your eyes and that event actually happening, you know, sounds like a pretty interesting idea. And it sounds also like a bit of a woo-woo idea. Like, ah, I don't think that's really true, but let me break. Can I, can I get like scientific with you? So you yeah. can have really, okay. So if people want to understand the reality of visualization, so there are seven textbooks of there's literally just called physics. It's <laughs> just a physics <laughs> book one, physics book two. They were written in like, way eight late 1800s early 1900s and in book five it says word for word reality is an electromagnetic field if you want to change reality you have to change the electromagnetic field and you will change reality now in the late 1800s there was this guy who on accident discovered that um, within every single atom in existence, there is a magnetism. So it's, a, in other words, these atoms were electrical in their nature, but they're also, mag they're also magnetic. So they're like, okay, this whole universe is created of this electromagnetic energy. And then later in the 1800s, they discovered that the brain is electromagnetic in itself too. And then a little bit later, they discovered that the heart is electromagnetic. But what they discovered about the heart was that the heart is 5,000 times stronger in its magnetic power than the brain. But what this means is, is if you hook your brain up to an EEG machine and you think a thought, it will pick it up. It will like actually pick up. And the way it measures it is it will measure an electromagnetic unit of energy. So you think a thought and it's like an electromagnetic unit of energy just gets, you know, gets dispersed out there. And, that, and then that influences your feelings. And our feelings and our thoughts, every single thought and every single feeling has a, it literally warps your reality. Since reality is electromagnetic, whenever you think a thought that's electromagnetic and feel a feeling that's electromagnetic, it influences the, your, 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 your literal reality. This is why in 9-11, on 9-11, whenever the plane hit, so we have these two, we have these two um, Russian satellites up in, up in space. And one of them, one of them is designed to measure the electromagnetic field of the earth. On 9-11, we saw two of the highest spikes in the electromagnetic field of the earth that we've ever seen. And they, they pinpointed the exact time, 15 minutes after the first plane hit and seven minutes after the second plane hit, the entire world, the entire world's energy, everybody in the world, I don't care what country you're in, there was an emotional pull that day. Everybody felt it and it influenced our atmosphere. So when that happened, and that was a Harvard uh, student who found that, mm -hmm. they, that was like proof that, oh, snap, 
your thoughts and feelings don't actually stay in your body or your head. They actually go directly into the universe and impact what we know and what we see. The reason why this is important is because when you close your eyes and picture something, you are deliberately influencing your electromagnetic field every single time. This is why I, this is why whenever, this is why whenever they did the study and this was in Stanford, they did a study to see, they got three groups of people. One group of people, they shot basketballs. Um, they practiced shooting basketballs mm, for yeah. 30 days. The other group of people, they didn't practice shooting shit. Just they just think there, about it. Right. Right. Well, one group was just a control group. They didn't even think about it. The right. third group, that was a group that thought about right. it. They said, if you're just going to close your eyes and visualize you're doing it at the end of everything, the people who actually shot picked up 24%. The people who didn't shoot, but just visualized picked up 23%. But what they saw was that in a single hour of visualizing intense visualizing it causes more changes in the brain than actual physical effort so that one is it physically changes your brain but this is another important part the only thing that influences the mind is images images is the only thing that words you could say words and images but words create images so ultimately it's images images influence your mind this is why when people tell stories it moves you because when somebody tells a story you create your own mental movie of that story pictures are tremendously impactful if you don't believe me imagine biting into a freshly squeezed lemon your your nervous system will respond to that image this is significant because the brain is designed to accomplish whatever picture is given to it without your effort that's the key the brain is designed to accomplish whatever picture you give it without your effort, just like a um, torpedo machines or torpedo, like a torpedo is a machine. If I want to hit a target, I program the target into the torpedo. I don't steer the torpedo all the way to the target. I program it there and it gets there. How do we do that with our minds? Deliberately giving yourself time every single day to give yourself a very desired picture that you want. The key here is though, is you want to stimulate your nervous system. So feel it, feel your nerve, feel like the details of that picture. And what you're going to do is you're going to eventually give your mind a go and your brain's going to say, okay, step aside. I will automatically start making you think different. You're going to start acting different. You're going to start behaving different and you don't need to do anything. Just get out of the way. Your job is to be very clearly clear in communicating that. So when I say visualization is powerful, it is not just powerful in terms of it's my idea that it's powerful. It is a scientific approach to accomplishing your goals because reality is only a perception of your own. It's only a projection of your own perception. And your perception is the images you have in your mind. So if you create an image of you speaking on a stage, reality will, will reorganize itself and to make sure you get on a stage by the time I got on my first stage, by the way, Miguel, I spoke to 46 people, 46 people raised their hand, wanted to work with me afterwards, like as a client. And every one of them was telling me, you just topped every speaker we've ever had at this event. And we've had wow. big names at the event. And one of them asked me, have you been trained by this organization? And I was like, no, he was like, dude, you, it was like your entire speech was like a framework. He goes, all of it was like how a trained elite speaker should speak. I was like, well, I'm, I'm like, well, I, I didn't train myself on how to speak. But what I did do was I gave my mind a clear picture of me as a speaker. Mm -hmm. So my mind just made me act like a speaker. And little did I know I was doing all of the things speakers do, but because I consistently saw that picture. So 
does that like really get down oh no to yeah that you know on a personal note and then we'll jump into the mental health side of things yeah 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 on a personal note you know, and the, one of the biggest things that made me gravitate to that subject once you started talking about it was that I have practiced visualization. Oh, yes. um, but the biggest thing, you know, that you had mentioned in, in that time when I heard it was the being able to remove yourself from the scenario. So it's not just seeing yourself on the stage, but remove yourself. Because when I heard that, I was like, oh, I'm missing a part to the visualization because I've always seen myself ah, on the stage. I've always So what you're talking about is the dissociation yes. and association. Yes. Okay, so what is so for your listeners, <laughs> whenever you're visualizing, you can do it two ways. You can mm-hmm. visualize in the picture. It's like you're you're it's like you are projecting. So let's use a stage example. Right. You're projecting, you're projecting out of your mind a crowd, the right. lights, the stage. You're in, you're on that stage. You can physically feel your feet touching the ground. Right. That's great and all. But if you stay in that space through your visualizing, your brain will actually become convinced that you did it, which will can also eliminate some drive and motivation and do it. So the mind likes forward focus. So the way you can give it a forward focus is by enjoy that picture. Be on the stage for 15, 20, 30 minutes. Soak that in. Get your nervous system involved. But before you come out of your visualization, Act like you're stepping out and watching it on a movie screen now. Mm-hmm. Now your mind has forward focus. Instead of just in it, now it's for focus in your brain. It's designed to see focus. It's designed to go for it. It's going to be like, oh, I am going to start doing that now. Yeah. So that is like, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy you brought that up because that's a very important part of it yeah. that a lot of people don't really, a lot no, of people miss. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I had missed that part. Like, since I don't even know how long, but just for a very long time, I had already been, you know, visualizing. And I'll say this, I think oftentimes people confuse visualizing and daydreaming. And and I remember that one time, me personally, I was just daydreaming. I wasn't visualizing. I was daydreaming. I was uh, In my mind, I was a UFC fighter. I'm never going to be no UFC fighter. Like, <laughs> okay, okay. You know, I was just daydreaming. And, and I just, I just felt it in my spirit, this idea of, if you're going to envision anything, envision something that will come to life, you know? And so to me, there is that difference of daydreaming and visualization, but I love that part of, all right, not just see yourself on the stage of what it would feel like being there, but literally see yourself, have that outer body experience. Yes. Like, like, like you're watching from a third person view and a really just overall really important part is, uh, daydreaming and visualizing, I do. They're the same thing. If we're looking at the functions that are being used, like your imagination, right? But one is deliberate, and one happens when you're typically just wandering, right? right? So you have a really good point in like being deliberate in your in your visualizing, right? But one of the things that also one of the most significant parts about this is when you don't you won't make visualization work. Number one, if you're not consistent with it, but number two is if you don't have the assumption of that, if you don't take ownership of the picture, when I say take ownership of the picture, I mean, you own it. You are that picture. Whenever I do my visual, whenever I do my visualizing. So for example, when I did my very first speech in front of the 40 people, I was already three years in to seeing a crowd of people stand up in my mind's eye every night before bed, I would see an entire room applaud me every night for over three years. So going up to it, I started to prepare for it. I started to like really, and I was just like, you know what? 
my mind already knows what's supposed to be done. I'm just going to assume that I know exactly what I'm doing. This is the most powerful part of, this is the most, one of the most powerful elements of visualization is a childlike assumption. If when my, my nephew, when he was six years old, he was a ninja. He was a blue ninja. That was his name, blue ninja, <laughs> blue ninja. And every, to everybody else, that was a regular five-year-old, six-year-old kid. To him though, he was a blue ninja, a full, a real life ninja. I could not call him Vinny that day. He needed to, he was like, no, 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 no. I'm a ninja today. He was going off, showing off all his ninja karate moves and all of that. That level of assumption is necessary whenever you're visualizing. In the same exact way, I have my phone here. When I plug my phone up, I don't question whether or not it's going to charge. I know it's going to charge because I don't doubt electricity. In the same exact way, you should not doubt the image in your mind because that image in your mind is electricity. It literally is made of the same electrical charge than the, that the energy that's, that, as the energy that's going through this freaking charger and going to my phone. So if I'm not going to doubt electricity, I'm not going to doubt the image of my mind. So I'm going to see the image. When I open my eyes, I'm just going to assume that it's already done. I'm just going to assume. And I guys, just, when I say assume, people are like, well, what do you mean fake it till you make it? Everything you've ever said to yourself is an assumption. When you say, I can't do something, that's an assumption. When you say, I'm not good enough, that's an assumption. When you say, uh, I was born into this, so I just can't do it, that's an assumption. All of it is assumptions, so just assume the opposite. The important, or rather, one of the things I want to highlight here in our conversation is the fact how visualization can actually help in mental health. And we know that mental health is such a serious situation. It's such a serious topic. But I think that visualization oftentimes isn't mm -hmm. explored or spoken enough about how it can actually help with mental health. So speak a bit about yeah. that portion of mental health and visualization. Can I tell you a story to answer that question so you really get it? So yes, I can create a mental yeah. movie in your mind. Okay, so I had a client who came to me. A uh, very successful client, made thirteen million, making about $13 million a year. And... Um, doing great for himself. And he was like, look, I'm this consistent, disciplined, driven individual. But man, I want to write this book. But every time it comes to writing this book, I procrastinate. I keep putting it off. I keep like, I'm just, I just keep, I keep, I keep, I, yeah, I just, I keep putting it off. I, I'm not doing it. And I'm not able to make that happen. And I'm like, all right, well, let's figure out why that's going on. All right. So during my process, during the resilient mind method, what is designed to do, and the reason why I call it resilient, because resilience means to bend and come back, right? And mental health, if we're going to just kind of put it into a picture, it's like, hey, you're getting a little bent up, right? You would resilient, bounce back. And so during the process, we do something called timeline regression, where we go back into time and figure out, hey, what time because when you're in a state of hypnosis it's really interesting the mind will communicate to you you don't need to try you don't need to say when was the first time i ever felt anxious you just say hey i'm anxious show me why it will boom show you an image and so in this case i was like my client keeps procrastinating show me why and then a picture came up he was at his grandma's house it was halloween he was sitting there and then all of his cousins are talking he speaks up he's the youngest cousin in the room he speaks up and then the oldest cousin says, shut up. Nobody wants to hear you. He stops and he goes, oh, all right. And he tells himself in that moment, my voice doesn't matter. And I'm not 
love. Oh, your voice doesn't matter. Why the hell are you going to put a book out in the world? I'm sure you can imagine this. Putting a book out is probably one of the most vulnerable ways to put your voice out there. Once it's printed, yo, that's it. It is out there. His four-year-old self wasn't allowing him to do that. So what did we do is we allowed him to reparent his four-year-old self through visualizing being the parent that he always wanted. Visualizing that moment and saying, look, little man, your voice actually does matter. And you are more than enough. And I love the shit out of you. And embracing that little boy all through imagination embracing that little boy holding him showing him look and even just like bringing imagine bringing him up into his new world because he remember he runs a 13 million dollar company he leads big mm -hmm. meetings he he was like look at me lead. he imagined his little kid standing in a boardroom looking at him lead a meeting he was like look little man your voice clearly matters through visualizing you can go back and reframe old stories you've been telling yourself, right? For example, one for me personally, when my parents split up at four, I went, I, I take myself through self-hypnosis all the time and, to, you know, do my own shit. And, uh, cause I got <laughs> shit coming up too. And, uh, one of the things was I, was, I was feeling insecure and I wanted to figure out why I was feeling so insecure. And so I found myself in my three-year-old body. And I was witnessing my parents split up. And the moment that they split up, I'm looking at them and I said, I'm no longer safe. So what I did to my imagination was I laid in bed with my little three-year-old self holding him, letting him know that, look, man, you're actually as safe as it possibly gets because I'm your dad now. Like I'm your parent now. Nobody can parent you like I can, Adrian. Why? Because I get you, little man. I know what's going on. I am here for you. So what visual, what a really good technique that I recommend everybody doing is imagining themselves meeting with their little child again and reparenting them. Now, there's a scientific reason this actually causes change and can eliminate things like depression, things like anxiety, because our brain stop, our subconscious part of our mind stops maturing at about five years old. This is why our unconscious mind is so childish. It takes everything literal, right? It's, it's literally like a little kid. So you literally have a little kid in your mind. So if you close your eyes and imagine yourself meeting again with your five-year-old self, your six-year-old self, your seven-year-old self, asking them, hey, what do you want? What did mom and dad not give you that I can give you now? What, like, what can I do for you? By doing that in your imagination and reparenting them, meeting their need, because all it is is an unmet need. If you can go back in time, meet that unmet need through imagination, your brain can't see through your skull. So it doesn't know if it's really happening or if you're just imagining it. All it knows is, hey, I'm experiencing something. And when you're, especially when you can get into theta, which if the tactical side of things, I can show them how to tap into theta brainwaves. But when you're in theta brainwaves, you're changing your neural pathways through visualizing. Because if you're depressed, you have certain neural pathways going on in your brain and your entire nervous system that are causing you to think like that, feel that way and be that way. And so through visualizing, you can literally change your neural, your neural pathways to have in your neural pathways are basically the clusters of cells that are influencing every thought, every feeling that you in every action that you ever engage in. So you rewire your neural pathways, you rewire your response to life, period. 
So just by visual, like I got over social anxiety, not by going through hypnosis, but by imagining myself walking into ballrooms, networking with every entrepreneur I've ever wanted to meet, shaking their hand, confidently telling them that, confidently telling them who I am, starting the conversations. And what I was able to do was through experience, because experience is what changes us. When you're trying to, because rewiring your neural pathways is basically neuroplasticity. If you, if one of the principles of changing a neuron, a neural pathway in your brain is through experience. You need to have emotion involved with it, right? And so whenever you, whenever you close your eyes and imagine yourself engaging in a way that you want to engage in, feeling how you want to feel, acting how you want to act, what you will do is, if especially if you're getting really absorbed into the experience and cause an experience in your system, in your nervous system, your brain will start to rewire itself. So I'm not saying that visualizing and hypnosis is the key to solving mental health problems, but visualizing plays a tremendous impact on your change in your mental health problems in changing your mental health condition. Even if you do other forms of therapy, somatic therapy, um, you know, you take plant medicine, you take any of these kinds of healing. If you look at it, every one of them changes the picture in your mind. Every one of them whether it's therapy, whether it's coaching, whether it's somatic therapy, whether it's hypnotherapy, all of them, yes, they're like, yeah, you're releasing trauma out of the nervous. Yes, that shit is real, you know, trauma in the nervous system, releasing all of that and all of that. But at the end of the day, all of those things change your perspective. Your perspective. So just by visualizing yourself over, like, let's say if you're just, for example, let's say if, you, uh, if you're, you know, really depressed, right? Close your eyes and imagine yourself just going back and meeting with your little self and asking them, hey, what, what do I need to do right now? Or what do you want me to do right now? Or can you tell me why I'm feeling this way? And they'll probably tell you, you know, a lot of times my clients would say, hey, they said that they just wanted to have more fun with me. They said that they just wanted to be hugged or actually feel like they were like they belong somewhere. Well, tell them they belong somewhere. Right. I had a client who was constantly overeating, constantly overeating. So what, what did we do? He went back in a time and he saw at the age of 10, his, all of his friends, he, he got, he moved away from his neighborhood. He moved away from all of his friends. Now he was at this house where he was bored and he told himself in his mind, I have no more friends. Playtime's over. What that translated to was, Hey, being active is over. There's no need to be active. So he started gaining a lot of weight or eating a certain way. So what I had him do in that time, I said, hey, the next 15 minutes while you're in hypnosis, imagine all your friends are outside. Go be 10 with them. Go be a 10-year-old with your friends. He did that till this day he has not overeaten. Just because what he does is meet an unmet need. Awesome. Just awesome. For, for people that want to get connected with you, Adrian, how could they do so? And how could they connect with your amazing content? Yeah. So the number one way to, let me make this really simple because human beings are a, they do not like choice for some reason, right? You give them like, Hey, connect with me here, <laughs> here, here, here. They're like, Oh my God, where do I connect with this guy? And they don't even connect with you. So if you want to connect <laughs> with me, the best way to do it is you, you actually want to experience what it's like to be able to tap into theta brain waves and meet these deeper parts of yourself and be able to change neural pathways to get more out of yourself, be more certain in yourself, just go to www.rewiremythoughts.com slash unshakable. 
that that's a free link. So I have that. So I do charge people for that. But when I do stuff like this, I have that specific link for any visitors who want to go there. But rewiremythoughts.com slash unshakable. And I'm sure you're going to put that in the show notes. But um, when you when you download that, what it's going to do is going to take you to my Facebook. What well, one is check your email. You're going to get the hypnosis process. But it's going to take you to my uh, Facebook group. Join my group. And also, in, you're going to see, you're going to get a couple of emails that says, hey, you want to follow me on Instagram? You want to check out my podcast? You wanna... So I'll, like, I'll reach out to you there and you can follow all my other stuff there. But that will be the best way to get into my world and actually go through my content. Adrian, I appreciate you so much for your time, your information, and just, man, the, the energy by which you speak. We're going to have to do this again. I appreciate man. it, man. I, <laughs> yeah, let me know, man. I really appreciate you having me here, man. I lo- this is my jam. I love it more than anything. So I thank you for the opportunity. I'm so grateful that you would be connected with Strategy Rewind. Thank you so much. And thank you to today's guest. Head over to the show notes of this episode where you'll find their details so you can connect with them. But if you want to take a bigger leap towards your breakthrough moment, there in the show notes, you'll also find a link where you can set up a free 30-minute strategy session with me. It's imperative that you put these strategies to work so that you can have a breakthrough moment.